0: Hey, welcome to the podcast of the Kelly Cotrera Show. It's Friday, February 19th. You've made it just about the weekend. And Mike Layton is calling for Denzel Minenwang, Wong, the deputy mayor, to step down or apologize for something he said yesterday at city council. It involves number one, could involve number two. Well, it involves winterizing bathrooms, to be exact. And we'll get to that in your comments. We're going to talk with Mike Layton. But first, let's talk about the fact that we've got all these rapid tests. The province or the uh, prime minister, rather, has said that the provinces have about 19 million of these 38 million tests. They've, they have them. They're shipped out. They're in warehouses. They're in public health units. But still, we don't see people embracing rapid testing en masse now. Uh, John Tory was talking about the fact that he would like the city of Toronto to stay in that stay-at-home order uh, under the stay-at-home order for another two weeks. So the decision's being made right now. As soon as the Premier decides what's going on with York, Toronto, Peel will let you know. But John Tory kind of feels that if they just stay locked down for two more weeks, he has... Uh, the best interest of of businesses in mind and that he feels that most Toronto businesses would agree with him. Have a listen.
1: I believe if you gave even the businesses that I know are hard hit and are frustrated uh, a choice between saying you can have a couple of more weeks of uh, restrictions now as opposed to having on some date in May a further lockdown where once again we've been open and we lock things down again, they would say, no, we'll take the 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 restrictions now if it's going to give us a better chance of getting through this and not having another lockdown
0: so i opened up the phone lines to see how toronto business owners feel because i i didn't think that they would agree with john tory the first caller in was a toronto business owner and he said i'm a restaurateur and as i would stay locked down with the stay-at-home order for two weeks if we were given more tools to make sure that we don't have to go into lockdown later if we were given rapid testing tools if more safety measures were implemented to make sure that we keep going with our business once we reopen in two weeks and that's the big question mark that's the uncertainty so i'd like to welcome to the program uh, dan kelly who's with the canadian federation of independent businesses dan the reason why we brought you on um is not only are you a great guest but you put out a press release that found that a majority of small business owners 63 percent say they would consider using covid 19 rapid screening in their workplace if it would help their businesses stay open and that really echoes the feeling and sentiments of that caller i was talking about who we talked to earlier on in the program so tell us a little bit more about what business owners want to do with the rapid testing and what they are asking for
2: Look, small business owners are absolutely desperate to get open and then to stay open. Uh, and, and the only tool that governments seem to use in the battle against COVID is locking down swaths of the business community. Whether or not the infections are coming from the business activity itself it, it is not, a, not even really important at this stage. They're, they're, they're claw- locking down businesses in order to send a message to the public to stay home and, and so we really do feel like there are other tools in the COVID fight toolkit, one of which is ensuring that, that rapid tests can be used. And these tests can be dead simple. An employee or a group of employees can get tested, the results back in 15 minutes. If you've got a positive result, you go for the, the full test, the PCR test to confirm the results of the rapid test, but you don't go back to work right away. That is viewed as being a significant contributor to isolating some of the cases from asymptomatic people, people that don't show any signs of COVID, takes them out for a period of time and allows, obviously, other people to get back to work uh, and the economy to remain open.
0: It's funny because yesterday we had a researcher on uh, from... One of the hospitals in Toronto, and they're doing this. They did this uh, study, which is continuing, but the early results of this study, where they tested healthcare workers that were asymptomatic, found that uh, one out of eight asymptomatic um, people that work in healthcare, uh, one out of eight of them would stay asymptomatic. So they would just continue to be asymptomatic, and and they would never present uh, a form of uh, of COVID-19. So you just never know. So I can see the need and the interest in COVID-19 rapid screening. That's the major problem is the asymptomatic people out there that they're spreading it unbeknownst to themselves and everyone else. But what about if you implement this for workers? What about the people that are frequenting those businesses? Are business owners saying, yeah, you know what, maybe we should do a COVID-19 rapid screener screening on our clients?
2: You know, I, I I think that that would probably be a, uh, an impractical step to uh, to require you to take a test and wait 20 minutes before you can come into a business. I mean, conceivably, we could get to that stage. Essentially, it's similar to a COVID passport that you can show that you don't have the disease before you go in. But really, where I think this makes sense is where groups of people are together for a good chunk of time. So, for example, employees in a business that work side by each uh, that's where I think uh, rapid testing could play a giant role. You think of a restaurant kitchen, for example, uh, and the business could then promote to the public that they have their employees tested once or twice a week. Uh, and in, and that would give customers a little bit more confidence to come in for a few minutes to that business. Uh, but we haven't gone down that road. Look, I don't, I don't blame governments for not having this infrastructure in place or, or even ready. Uh, during the first wave of COVID, gosh, we didn't know what the heck we were dealing with then. Business lockdowns seemed like a reasonable measure when the sky was falling and nobody knew what which way to turn. But for goodness sakes, we knew a second wave was coming. We've had months and months uh, to do this. We actually even have the tests in Canada sitting in warehouses, and it's so frustrating that governments have just returned to and then renewed and renewed and renewed lockdown measures bypassing other important public policy tools that could be used to try to keep the economy open. My guys are dying. Thousands and thousands of small businesses right now, especially those in the GTA, are absolutely freaking out because it appears the government is going to renew the lockdown uh, for Toronto and Peel at least until until early March. Uh, And then even then, our business is going to be allowed to reopen uh, or is Eileen Davila going to be even more scared than she is right now and, and then lock them down with no data, no evidence for an even longer period of time uh, than she's suggesting at the moment? This, this is what's worrying the businesses and they are not going to survive. Every minute, every hour, more businesses are turning in the keys to say, I'm done. I, there's no pathway for me to succeed.
0: It, it, rapid test would also give you a fighting chance to propose, like present your argument based on data that you received from rapid testing uh, that the community spread, if it does start spreading again, is not happening in your business. Or if it is, then you say, OK, well, it's going on here. We got to shut her down. Which sectors, um, when you were talking with your members, um, were most interested in using rapid screening?
2: Yeah, so uh, we think it's really applicable for the social services sectors, companies like dentists or your chiropractor's office, uh, where there's where there's required to be physical touching or or close contact. Seventy-one uh, percent of businesses said they would consider it there. Sixty-nine uh, percent in the retail, sorry, in the hospitality sector, restaurants and hotels, uh, wholesale, construction, personal services like salons and 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 uh, nail salons, hair salons. And then arts and recreational businesses, they've been among the hardest hit by this. Um, uh, they said that they would consider this to send a message to the public that they have taken additional safety measures. Look, with with the slow rollout of vaccines, thank goodness it's starting to pick up a bit of pace. Um, you know, nobody's expecting that we're gonna have vaccinations uh, widespread across Canada until the summer or even the fall. As a result of that, we're gonna have to live with COVID for some time and, and even though you know, we should be in a better position than we are in Canada, here we are, let's get these rapid tests out to the to employers, start using them, uh, allow more officials to, to administer them like at the pharmacy network or private labs. And then let's start using that data to, to carefully open the economy, ending the, the ridiculous lockdowns that, uh, that now are extending into a fourth month in the GTA.
0: Well, Dan, you don't have to convince me and you probably don't have to con- convince listeners that are listening that these businesses should be given access to the rapid piece, the rapid, uh, COVID tests. Who do you have to convince? Because, you know, every time we ask, why are they still in warehouses? Someone passes the buck. Who has to give the go ahead to release these tests yeah. to small businesses?
2: Well, look. The, the Ontario government, to its credit, is finally starting to get its act together and, and look at rapid testing. They've sat on their hands for months and months and months. Uh, Quebec government but is finally starting to look at it. it.
0: Dan, sorry, yeah, were, yeah, you know, but you know, Ford was begging for rapid tests. So, in order to get them, he, he, he clearly wanted them. So, why are they still sitting there? Who has to release them?
2: Uh, the, well, the province does. They've they've got they've got stockpiles in the millions. Uh, But, you know, it's not even just the stockpile that we have right now. Pharmacies are starting to line up and say, I think it's a terrific model for a small business. You send your your employees to the local pharmacy once a week. The pharmacist takes the test for you. The data goes back to the business, back to the employee, and then they can take action with it. Uh, That can happen. We just need to put a few public dollars associated with this to make this happen. But we're spending billions right now. To lock down the economy and try to keep everybody afloat, uh, a little bit of a spend on rapid testing to, to make it widespread across Canada, I think would be a huge, huge contribution in keeping COVID numbers down and allowing the economy to, to, to open up. I got to tell you, we've also got red tape problems right now. In mm-hmm. many provinces, there's only certain officials, like nurses, that are allowed to administer these rapid tests. The, the rules don't allow pharmacists or others or people that are trained uh to to administer them in a workplace setting and that needs to change too
0: i don't want to look selfish here but is it ontario
2: ontario is one that is has has uh provided additional flexibility i believe alberta as well nova scotia has actually done some training of, of volunteers to do this rapid testing so it can be done we just have been too slow
0: all right, Dan. Well, I hope you get uh, the go ahead from our premier on this, on, on releasing some tests to small businesses. They need some help. And uh, you know, they just they have to be given more than just lip service of fighting chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're helping you. We're helping. you. They really need the tools. And hopefully the government starts to provide them with the tools. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Anytime. All right. Yesterday was quite a day. Paula Fletcher, we've got great audio uh, from her uh, driving and voting. That's a new one. Distracted voting. Is that a problem in city council? Uh, I'd say it might be a bit of an issue, but we'll get to that uh, in the skinny and we'll play that uh, audio for you. And I'll tell you exactly what went down. But I think there's something else we have to focus on right now. There's a lengthy Twitter Twitter feed today uh, from Mike Layton. City Councillor Mike Layton, who is now asking Deputy Mayor Denzel Wong to apologize for comments he made or resign. Resign. Mike Layton joins the show. Mike, why?
3: Well, if you were listening to the debate yesterday, and I trust most of your listeners were not, um, the, the, the tone of the questions that he was asking another council member were way off. Base. Like, this was about- Wait a minute.
0: Was there any nails on chalkboard comment at any time yeah. said?
3: There, there were not. But the, 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 the statements he were making were so off base and so ridiculous and, and frankly uh, bordering on offensive that uh, the notion that we uh, that we were proposing to winterize washrooms so that people had access to washroom facilities so to, to basic hygiene and okay, that this so- would encourage encampments, homeless encampments in parks.
0: Okay, so let me just get to the because I I think that you know where you're coming from, and that's great, but the audience, I hadn't really set it up. I just asked why you were asking for Denzel, Min, and Wong to step down. I thought maybe you'd say, because we were having a debate about winterizing bathrooms. That's what this debate was about, right? Because we have to make sure everybody's on the same page.
3: Yes, so this was a debate about, and a a request was made to find out what it would cost to winterize more City of Toronto parks washrooms, because more people are in our parks, uh, and there's less access to public toilets. I think a lot of people don't realize that. There's like no access to public toilets right now for people on deliveries, for people uh, living on the street or for families when they're out uh, enjoying uh, spaces outdoors. And for all those reasons, it seemed like a reasonable investment to make. To It was only for 15 more parks washrooms to, to get winterized. We're a winter city. We should act like one and invest like one. And, uh, and, and the comments that were being made were that, that kids should hold it in, that parents should get their kids to go before they leave for the park hey trust me i'm a parent i'd love it if it was that simple it's not no there's
0: there's only if your kid has to pee at the park there and there's no bathroom available there's one of two things that happens either they horrifically pee their pants and i say that from the child's point of view because parents go okay you peed your pants that sucks let's go home but for a kid it's absolutely mortifying how do i know that's another story um or you say there's a bush just go
3: yeah, and and that might be fine. Like like I wouldn't say that it's something that I do on a regular basis, but that might be fine if it's a little boy is is your kid. But maybe not even
0: if it's a little cold, even if it's a little girl. We've all peed behind bushes. Let's not make this about oh, a, a hey, gender don't, don't thing. Don't
3: get me wrong. My 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 little girls like to pee in nature, but not in the public <laughs> park and not in the no. freezing cold. Like, okay. There's some, there's, and then there's the added thing about the dignity for um, for people that are struggling with homelessness in our city or adults who who, are, who might have a a, a weak bladder or another medical condition like it's it's, it's very basic And to dumb it down to the kids should hold it in mm-hmm. um, or, or we're going to have homeless encampments in all our parks is just ridiculous and to be fair i was we already him
0: have homeless encampments in our parks though I,
3: I wasn't calling him to resign it was to yeah. step down as deputy mayor
0: okay uh, well so it, it just says or resign stuff. as deputy mayor okay i got you i'm reading your twitter feed
3: so I just I like honestly I just think his his comments were uh, uh, were offensive and he should he he should admit to that and that's why pencils have erasers and it's no he should he should back away from them.
0: Okay, but so at the heart of this issue it's the fact that he was callous about the the community members that he represents. Is that what was is that the heart of what really bothers you here Mike?
3: Well, it's that, but there's there there is also this uh, this this dignity issue for 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 people in the city. Like, I think it's 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 a little bit less than just having a snide remark, uh, and it's 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 a bit more about like we talk about having basic access to washroom facilities mm-hmm. in a time when they're not there. Like, we 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 rely more on delivery services, I think it's safe to say, than ever before, yeah. and we we go outside and bang pots and pans for these frontline workers. And then we're refusing to give them the basic dignity of a toilet. Like, there's there's something wrong there. And the fact that he couldn't see that and is, is I think, is, is doubly concerning that um, he would just suggest that we should just let homeless people not have access to washrooms is probably is, is was there. I, I assume the approach he was suggesting.
0: Right. And he was basically trying to make this about uh, homeless encampments. Are you is, is it hard? Is yeah. it am I going out on a limb here? Okay. Um, so w- where do the rest of your um, colleagues sit on winterizing bathrooms? Because quite frankly, I don't think it's a bad idea. We're we're telling people um, that, yeah, we get it. Exercise is essential. Uh, but, you know, when you're out exercising sometime, you might have to go. And that's been a major problem with the lockdown. A lot of people have said that since the start of this lockdown, that there's just not enough, um, you know, bathrooms available.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, I, unfortunately, my, my vote to immediately start retrofitting them this year failed. And it was only for 15 bathrooms. It wasn't to, to, to go and do every every public toilet in in, uh, in a park in the city. Um, but there was a motion that passed that we'll start looking at uh, areas that have a lot of development. They they typically have some uh, some funds related to that development. So those washrooms might get funded. Uh, the problem with that is you're going to see some areas that, that are... Typically coincide with uh, more wealthy communities in the city might get their washrooms upgraded, but those that that don't have development or um, or, or funds available won't, and that's unfortunate because there's an equity side to that that like I think people, parents and, and and people that are experiencing homelessness in any pocket of the city deserve to have the basic dignity of of, of being able to go to the bathroom.
0: Okay, so specifically, where were these bathrooms?
3: Um, You know what? We weren't given the list of what parks, but there were 15 that were identified by city staff that were likely candidates that could get easily upgraded uh, to be winterized because they weren't designed and built uh, to the standard that we would need to winterize them. And the last thing we want is to open up a washroom in the middle of winter and have a pipe burst. And all of a sudden for an entire year, we have either a park that's entirely dug up or a washroom that's not working
0: Yeah, good point. What about porta potties? Can't they just put porta potties around the city?
3: They can, and we have in uh, we have in some parks. um, Yeah, I'm I'm assuming you've been in a -a porta potty, though, right?
0: Uh, I am once or twice. Talk about
3: dignity, and that's kind of one one
0: one. Come on, I can can get over myself though. We've all been to concerts. I don't feel like I've lost my dignity when nature calls.
3: We, we have, but I, I think there's something else to say. that Why don't, why don't we just have our facilities uh, upgraded to Yeah,
0: that? no, but I'm talking about in the meantime, because there's no pipes there. There's no yeah, risk so of have, having a park dug up. It makes a lot we, of common sense.
3: We have. I don't have the number in front of me, but we have put out porta potties in some parks across the okay. city and some other public spaces just to ensure that people have access to public toilets.
0: So what's the likelihood of hearing an apology from Denzel Min or even him uh, resigning from his position as deputy mayor if he's not I willing to both, apologize?
3: Both are, I think both are pretty uh, – uh, the, the, the chances of that happening are pretty remote. Um, but I wanted to make sure that people uh, – that some attention was drawn to the debate that we had because I think it brought up some, some very serious issues of the investments we need to make into our city uh, to ensure that it's a livable space for everyone.
0: Yeah. Speaking of remote, a lot of us are re- working remotely lately. I'm r- remotely doing my show from home, and uh, you know we're having a lot of Zoom meetings. What do you make of yesterday's vote uh, in with City Council on the budget, where Paula Fletcher was caught driving and voting?
3: Well, I wasn't there for the exchange, um, or I was kind of half uh, half there and half trying to deal with my children in my uh, in, in my space as we were getting to down to the final votes. So you were
0: also um, distracted voting,
3: my, my by a, in a different in a in a different manner of speaking. Uh-huh. Um, the, um, uh, I so I don't know the circumstances. My understanding is she was in transit to another location and she wasn't on, but but she wasn't on her phone.
0: Right. She, she had a. In fact, I will play the exchange next for anybody who's interested, and I'll t- I'll t- talk you through the visuals of what's going on. But,, uh, you're right, she had an aid with her. but what do you make of uh, her being out and about during a stay at home order?
3: so that, that's where i don't I don't know what the circumstances are. there There are some some occasions when people do have to go out for uh, for a meeting related to work. My understanding it was it w- was that. I don't know if it was a meeting with individuals um or what the circumstances were. I'm sorry, I
4: can't give you...
0: Well, you, that's okay. That i I appreciate your honesty on that, and I appreciate the fact that you'd admitted that. There are distractions that happen. I think we can all relate to them since we're all trying to do our best from wherever we're doing our job from. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, pleasure talking to you this morning.
3: Well, thank you. Have a good day.
0: You as well. Mike Layton was really upset with Denzel Min and Wong's comments yesterday during a debate about should they winterize more public bathrooms in parks in the city of Toronto. I think they were considering 15 of them, so we had Mike Layton on because he said that he would like an apology for Denzel Min and Wong Or he would like him to step down as deputy mayor over his comments that he made yesterday. uh, It's a back and forth. We have some uh, audio of it um, at the council. It's the debate between councillors on bathrooms and if we should invest in winterizing more public bathrooms.
1: So this motion with regard to putting winterizing washrooms, I suspect if I asked my residents if they would like this, they wouldn't not be in favor of it, because they don't want to turn their parks into campgrounds for the homeless.
0: Um, So deputy mayor, I I don't think winterizing the uh, uh, washrooms is just a response to uh, homelessness. I think that many people that use the parks today, uh, uh, an array of people that go to parks would appreciate having washrooms that uh, they can take their, their kids and use themselves as they use the park, anybody that uses the park. Okay. So let's open up the phone lines. 416-870-6400. You're at a park. Would you appreciate public bathrooms in your park being winterized? That means uh, they, they, they make sure that the pipes won't burst and you're not in for a serious debacle in the springtime. And, you know, a year of trying to get these bathrooms up and running. So what's your opinion on this? Do you want winterized bathrooms in public parks in Toronto or is Denzel and Wong right in your opinion? Will that encourage more homeless encampments because they're there already? Let's get your thoughts on this because I think there might be a lot of people that will be although it might sound insensitive with Denzel and Wong on his opinion I've been in Trinity Bellwoods during this pandemic um, in early days and I was blown away by how many people are camping out at you know one of the bigger parks in the, in the center of the city at least when you're talking about you know the center of the city near the lake 416-870-6400 is the number to call um but i want to get your take on this let's start off with brandon hello so when denzin Mil- denzin i don't know why i can't say his name denzin men wong today denzel minimum probably because i've got it wrong uh yeah yeah, thanks when he um he says that you know might attract more people to these parks to use it as an encampment winterizing the bathrooms do you agree or do you think it's insensitive
1: so i i think uh i don't want to be like the the pessimist of the of the day but i mean i think we all have the best intentions it would be wonderful if and only if the best kinds of people with the best intentions were to use these public facilities, but it won't be the case, right? It will be an an encampment for the homeless. There will be, it'll be a site for refuse dumping. It will be a site for drug taking. And I'm telling you the regular good intention. People will be driven away from using those bathrooms. There are already many, many of those facilities across the city in these little alleyway parks that exist. That have already been boarded up and they date back to the 60s.
0: All right, so you're with Denzel Min and Wong on this. I appreciate your call. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Um, Hi, Kelly. I, I, I know that you're living, are you in the beaches?
1: No, I live at Main and Danforth, but I was telling Chris I've got a homeless encampment down the street from me uh, right in front of the Canadian Tire.
0: And where are these people going to the washroom?
1: Probably behind the buildings, uh, like, I hate to say this, but I've had to do the same thing the odd time. If you're out in public now, there are very, very few public washrooms. Um, It's been going on for at least a year or more, especially since the pandemic started. We have a very serious lack of public bathrooms in the City of Toronto.
0: I hear it all the time from delivery uh, people. We've opened up the phones to people that are, you know, they have to deliver items across the city of Toronto. Good luck finding somewhere to take a pee. That might sound a bit vulgar, but it's real. I mean, we all have to do that. Nature calls, you've got to go. So, John, do you think we need to winterize more public bathrooms?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I think we should have more public bathrooms in places like the beach because there were so many people down there last summer. You need facilities to accommodate for all the people that are out and there are a lot of people that are out and about and will be out and about. And I have a female friend that I always go out with, and she's always worried about being able to use facilities somewhere because you don't have Starbucks, Tim Hortons, you don't have any of those places open anymore. It's really hard to, to use facilities out in public now if you go out for an extended time.
0: Yeah, John, you're right. I time my piece, you know, accordingly. And that's that's true, though. I mean, women can relate to this. Cat the dog walker joins the show. <laughs> It's got my vote. Uh, even just a plain washroom, whether it's heated or not, out in the park would be great. So you are not worried. You would use a bathroom in a park if it was available to you. You're not worried about it attracting homeless people and making uh, more of, like, actually aiding the, the building of more of these encampments? No, not worried at all. All right. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's move on to Jonathan in Etobicoke.
1: The way I look at it is more, not from the homeless angle, more so that how is the park being used to begin with? Does the snow get cleared? Does it have sidewalks? Do people even use it? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. People are using the parks. Then if you're already paying for those services to clear snow, it's being used. There's things there to attract them. And just, you're going to have to add in the service. If it's some dystopian park, uh, not like some Mad Max, like just some park that doesn't get used, a smaller one, whatever, and no
2: one's using it, then I don't see like it's gotta be some undercover
1: boss thing. City councillors
0: Oh, sorry about that. I literally trigger finger. I did not mean to hang up on you. Tony, welcome to the show.
3: How are you doing? Um the the parks, the washrooms need to be need to be open like the previous callers I said. Like if you're downtown now, Like, in in COVID, we're supposed to be washing our hands, right? We can't do that. Good point. The issue issue is not really whether or not the the parks are winterized. The issue is homelessness. Like, if they don't fix that portion of it, like, people are not going homeless because they can have, like, washrooms in the winter, right? So they should fix that before they even talk about, like, washrooms in the park, and then everything will work out, in my view.
0: Yeah, homelessness is a huge problem. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, I think about the japanese and how they're dealing with their uh bathrooms have you guys seen these bathrooms in japan where they uh they're self-cleaning i think they might have been put in for the olympics but they basically i don't know why we don't we never look ahead at technology and think that'd be a good idea because if you could go into a bathroom that could spray itself down as soon as you leave it, whether it's a disinfectant or not wouldn't that be something that everybody would be on board with Like I would much rather not have to go into a store that I don't want to be in if there's an emergency situation and say, "Hi, do you mind if I use your bathroom? Or buy a coffee that I don't want to pay four bucks for because I need to use a bathroom. I would just rather have the city supply that bathroom for me. I I would use it. And, you know, the reality is you might find some people that are homeless using those bathrooms, but they're going to have to go somewhere. Like everyone has to go. We should all have our you know, be afforded the dignity to relieve ourselves when nature calls. Right. And so, I mean, do you want someone going on the street? Cause it happens.
4: There are a handful of self-cleaning uh, public bathrooms around scattered around downtown Toronto. Um, some of them I don't think work anymore. And I think one of the controversies behind them when they came out was that they cost a ton of money for the investment and then they started breaking. Um, I would be in favor of if the private sector, if you open it up, let someone bid on it and make it oh, a pay good. toilet, you'd solve the problem of the homeless people. I, I, hey, so now I, I you're don't know.
0: keeping the homeless people out of the toilets.
4: Well, I, I, hey, someone's got to pay to maintain this thing. Why not make it user pay? Why does it always have to be taxpayers?
0: I couldn't get to Andrew who said he doesn't want uh, bathrooms in the beaches. I can see how some people wouldn't like it at the beaches. A little bit of an eyesore. When I say this, there is no disrespect intended. It's just completely honest. The way Speaker Francis Ninziata speaks, it cracks me up. I think we have a clip where I used to run it all the time where she goes, okay. It's just, she cracks me up. So when I heard this, uh, video from a nine hour virtual meeting session about the budget, oh, thank God we can record those Zoom meetings. The Toronto Sun posted the audio and it is absolutely priceless. I was just referring to it. We were just talking with Mike Leighton. I asked about Paula Fletcher being distracted. Driving and voting. Um, So there are a couple things you need to be aware of here. There are four voices. They are all very distinct. Mike Cole busts Paula Fletcher for driving and voting at the same time on Zoom. Frances Nenziata is the next voice. Paula will defend herself. We hear Shelley Carroll uh, laughing in the background and going in for the punchline. And there is a fifth Actual voice for the win, and I'm sure you'll be able to pick it out, but have a listen. Here's the audio of what happened yesterday during the City Hall vote on the budget. Texting and driving, it's illegal. Councillor Fletcher. Yes. Okay, you're driving and you're voting on your phone. You can't vote while you're driving a motor vehicle. Uh, I'm I'm not holding the phone. You're looking at me hands are on the wheel my eyes are straight ahead it's just inappropriate okay i can leave the meeting if Councillor thompson didn't want every vote recorded i'd be fine i'm going bye i think we know what tomorrow morning's news will be bye turn it off no it won't be i am not using it my staff are Hi, I love the last. Honestly, the last person that speaks makes me laugh the most. Hi, it's the young staffer who's holding her phone, filming, turns the phone on herself, and goes, (laughs) "Hi!" Like she's been, she has to show that she's there. It's like she wants to introduce herself. She's not a
4: cat. Yeah, it's
0: (laughs) absolutely hysterical. Does that not? You couldn't have written that for a CBC flipping sitcom better. Honestly, because that sounds like something... Because it moves slowly. Like, it's very CBC sitcom-y slow. <laughs> um, actually, oh, yeah. I should take that back. I know it's already out there. I've seen when Harry Met Sally, and I can take it back, and I will take <laughs> it back, because Schitt's Creek was a CBC production, and that is a mm-hmm. flippin', quick-moving, very funny sitcom. Have you ever seen um, Right Near the Emmys? I found it this morning. I don't know how, uh, but I stumbled upon it on the Internet. Um Eugene Levy and his son Dan Levy—they were interviewed by Vanity Fair. So they were basically doing this bit on the new lingo on slang. Have you seen that yet? No. Oh my God, it's funny. I'll it's a good Creston's Scott. It's a good Kristen well, Scott. I'm just throwing be. it out there. Just throwing it out there. And do you have a problem? I wanted with the... to
4: um, point out that the, the with the the facial expressions of the other counselors in this video. Mm-hmm. are absolutely hilarious. Just to see some of them, the shock, the surprise, some of them laughing, uh, Shelly Carroll laughing. Mike Layton, like he said, distracted. He is, he, he, he is not fully What's he do, paying an opening attention and to this exchange. A, a he just drink? seems to be looking down at something. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that he was busy with something because he, you know, when he told us that he didn't hear the exchange, he doesn't yeah. seem to react to it at all. So I don't think he's lying about are that. Are you talking so. about a
0: politician being honest on the Kelly Gutierrez show? <laughs>
4: hey you you make them honest kelly
0: well because i won't let it lie i told him i <laughs> peed my pants once as a kid in the park i think it's sort of disarming is it not okay let's move on <laughs> it, i was a child by the way it happens thanks for tuning into the podcast don't forget this is just a condensed version of the kelly Cotrera show if you want more tune in between nine and noon monday through friday global news radio 640 toronto.com